Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige DeMarcos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner, and we are doing our quarterback show. The best, I've been looking forward to to this since we did our last quarterback show. Why? Because quarterbacks are the most important position in regular football and the most overreactive, overdrafted uh, bad, badly done drafted. Every, anything you could throw at this that happens, it, it, it happens with QBs. And it happens every year. There's always one or two that people go after that you know that guy or girl in your league that you're sitting in the first round and they've got like seventh overall pick and you see him take Mahomes and you go, oh boy, oh boy. There's, there's always one, at least one, if not two. Um, and so this is where we're going to take the opportunity to go through the top 20 quarterbacks. We're doing AFC and NFC. So very excited to, to have two shows breaking down QBs because there's plenty to talk about. But Jamie, before I go into our list that we have, I want you to tell all of our listeners what they can check out on the draftnetwork.com. Yeah, so go to the draftnetwork.com and there are, today you will get to see the top 20 quarterback rankings uh, and they are all tiered and the top 20 tight end rankings. And if you are a premium subscriber or upgrade to be a TDM premium subscriber, you will see a, a little bit more in-depth analysis that goes from picks 21 to 35 in the rankings for both quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, the same format will be there later this week on Thursday when we're dropping wide receivers and running backs. And then maybe the most intriguing part next week is full stat projections for all players. That's a TDN premium exclusive. So you will see my exact stat projections. It's not just fantasy points. It'll be passing attempts I have, targets, yards, touchdowns. All of that stuff is all broken out uh, for more than 200, for a bunch of different players. Yeah, more than 200 players. uh, And you'll be able to see it for all the positions. And then be able to take that information and go, okay, I want to apply this to my league special scoring because I'm going to have all the stats out there for you. Or you're going to say, well, I don't agree that, th- that Jamie thinks this player is only going to play 14 games. I think he plays 16. You can adjust the stats accordingly and make it basically your own. Um, there will also be kicker and defense rankings on there and a top 200 cheat sheet for you to be able to use on your draft. So all this coming either today, this coming Thursday, or next week, all of this great fantasy football content. Uh, so on the free side, you'll be able to see the top 20. Uh, but if you want to go a little bit more in depth and see the projections, become a TDN premium member. Yeah, it's so excited about this. Jamie did it. I don't. I don't want to talk too nicely about Jamie, right? But I can't. Can't do that. That's. The I do when it comes to numbers. <laughs> holy, holy crap! Is this? I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's some next level it took a stuff. While. It's it's a big project, right? This is what the, mm-hmm. at the draft network. What happens for our premium members is you guys get comprehensive, high level portfolios for all of our draft coverage, and you're going to start getting the same thing here for fantasy football. And you can take all these numbers, like Jamie said, it applies to the betting sphere, right? You want to go put in Absolutely. your prop bets. You want to go look at this stuff. This is the type of projections that Jamie's putting together. And it's funny because every time Jamie sends them to me and then I go look at the Vegas props, I'm like, man, Jamie's real close to a lot of these. And the ones that are far off, those are the ones where I start to look at Vegas and go, hmm, okay, there's an opportunity here. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's mm-hmm. exactly I'll tell right. you this page too. I mean, so what people get on and look, he didn't just pull these out of thin air. 
These aren't no. like, uh, I'm just going to, this is broken down to the nth degree of yards per attempt to the last couple of years to in the division. I mean, so many different analytics go into this, which is awesome. Yeah. Which is why I decided I'm not disagreeing with any of the numbers. I may disagree with where they're ranked, but I'm going to say now, before we get into this, I'm not disagreeing with the numbers of how they're ranked. Okay. This is, uh, it's, just, it's just too much good stuff that goes into it. And yeah. he's, he's just too damn close. Yeah. And I'm I think not really sure how I'm going to argue yet, but we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> oh, don't be arguing. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, the important thing to note, too, on these, and I, and I say this on the website, is that my, my rankings are not just the descending order of the fancy point totals. Like, I, they're, they're close, but, you know, they're, they're, I do leave some wiggle room for injured players and thinking about, okay, well, would you rather have 14 games of elite production or 16 games of good production? Uh, I kind of leave room in there for upside. I leave room in there for injury risk and, and for chance that they actually hit those totals. So it's, it's pretty close, but it's not an exact points of descending order. So there is some nuance to these rankings as well. But uh, it, it's really exciting. I'm really excited for everyone to check them out. I know right now, again, you, you're not going to have – the projections aren't, won't be up on, on TDN until next week on TDN Premium. But you can get a, a sneak peek of at least the tiers uh, and which players are in what tier. And I, I think – uh, you can get it for free, but I, I would re get the top 20 for free. But I really encourage you to become a TDN premium subscriber just because the presentation, um, the actual guide that is going to be there, it's basically going to be a, a full PDF draft guide for you that's going to be handed to you. Uh, I, the way it's presented and all of the in-depth because, you know, we're going to go top 40 running backs and wide receivers, but that's going to go all the way to 80 for TDN premium. So it, this really going to be comprehensive. So if, if you want to win your league, uh, I really suggest that you, you, you get on there, get in, subscribe to TDM Premium. And again, you unlock all those other features, the trades in the mock draft machine, all the other great stuff that, all the great stuff that TDN has been known for. This is just a nice little a value add for those out there that are kind of looking to up their fantasy football game. That's exactly right. We'll, we got some good stuff coming down, uh, coming down the line as we approach training camp and football season that we'll release later. But for now, it's fantasy time. Let's talk about some of these quarterbacks. I'm going to kick things off here with Mr. Tom Brady. Uh, so I, I want to know, I, I want to know where you guys have him ranked. I know, I know where Jamie has him ranked and I want to see where Jake thinks he's going to come in. So Jamie, ha you have him ranked at eighth overall coming in this season. Uh, obviously a rebound for Tom from where he was last year with that offense. But Tom's one of those guys where you kind of have just gotten used to him being at a certain level for most of his career. Um, and arguably, this is the most talented offense he's ever been a part of. Um, I, I think that it seven. is. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so this, there's a lot of weapons. There's a lot of opportunity for him to put up a lot of points, specifically uh, in fantasy as well. So defend your eighth overall ranking, uh, and then I'd love to hear from Jake. I think you kind of did it for me. I mean, just, just look <laughs> at the weapons around. Look at what Tom Brady's been able to do. And I know last year was more of a, uh, you know, when, when a player plays 16 games, sometimes their final ranking doesn't exactly dictate where they were. Uh, we talked about that a lot a couple of weeks ago with David Montgomery of where his ranking was and where he was actually on a per weekly basis. You know, Tom Brady was still technically a QB one last year when it was all said and done because he never misses a game, but, uh, but he, you know, wasn't giving you consistent QB one production every week. But you look at this now, you look at this, the high level of weapons around him. Mike Evans is a, is a superstar. 
Chris Godwin showed he's going to be and is already is a superstar. He's got three very, very capable tight ends. He's got a few different backs that he's gonna that he can lean on in Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn and and even you know Dario Gumbawale for a certain extent to be that kind of Deion Lewis, James White. Kevin Falk type-ish role. Uh, he's going to have a ton of weapons around him. He's going to have a head coach, offensive coordinator that is not going to be afraid to put the ball in his hands early and often whenever they need to. Uh, you know, if, when you'll see my projections come out, you'll see how often I have him throwing. And I kind of look back to not only what Brady's been doing, but what Bruce Arians has been doing going back to the Carson Palmer days and how, and how often that they've been throwing the football back in Arizona. He's going to get plenty of opportunities to throw. He's got a, elite weapons all around him. I don't see any reason why he's not going to be a top 10 quarterback this year. I could have said it better other than I have him higher than eight. I've got Woo! him at six. I've okay. got him at six. Uh, and the one thing you didn't mention was that offensive line was top 10 last yeah. year. They didn't get a lot of credit. Uh, locally in the Bucks media, they, they, took, they were much maligned. But they were a top 10 unit last year. And they added one of the best right tackles that's come out in a while, uh, which may take him a little bit of speed to get up to. But you're talking about a much younger, more athletic guy on that right side. Uh, I would argue this is the best weapons he's ever had. 07 was great, Randy Moss, but I mean, the, the total depth here, if OJ Howard can come on and take another step and being around Gronk and being around Brady, I think that will happen. Here's the stuff that analytics doesn't tell me, but my eyes tell me. Uh, and Tampa is apparently so ha happy about having Brady there. They're filming his workouts from the <laughs> helicopters. Uh, there's, there's a couple of things you'd notice if you watch those. One, he's in helmets and shoulder pads when everybody else has a hat on backwards and shorts and a t-shirt. If you watch the accuracy that he's throwing with these guys already, that he just joined, I expect him to be top three or four in the MVP race. Uh, there's another guy we're talking about on the AFC show that I think bounces back that maybe leads the league in passing. Uh, but I think Brady is top five in overall passing. I think he's right there at the MVP when it's over with. He's going to play every snap unless he's missing a limb. He will play every snap. They're, even if they're winning by 40 and it's time to take a knee, I can promise you there's no Brock Osweiler grabbing the helmet off the bench for Peyton. Peyton's still in there. Brady will be in there taking the knee. Uh, I, I just I just love the edge that you get with him. That chip is maybe bigger than it's ever been Yeah, being away from Belichick and proving that it's about me. And I don't know that there's a system, a situation, a setup that's going to be more about him, whether it's him checking to a run or him checking to a pass. He's going to have free reign to do whatever he sees. And I'll tell you the other thing I trust is this offensive staff. When they broke down these guys in the offseason, I heard this guy's lost it, this guy's lost it. Brady hadn't lost anything. And I went, what? You're not going to get the same guy you've gotten in the last three years with no weapons in New England. There are weapons galore. Everything's scheming up. There are matchup nightmares everywhere. I love this defense. They're, this offense is going to get a couple extra opportunities a game because this yep. defense is going to be so good. Uh, I just, I'm expecting huge things. Call me a homer, call me whatever you want to call me. I don't have him in my top five, uh, but I think these numbers are a little bit low uh, because it's just all there for him to be the perfect setup offensively. And what better guy are you going to count on that doesn't turn it over? It's just going to take advantage of everything. I, I, I just, it's the perfect situation for me. Yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the fact that the Tampa Bay media has been whatever they've been using to videotape his workouts with, this, with the team. Uh, I'm all about it. I've loved watching every minute of it, and I notice the same thing you notice. I go, man, sure is a lot of chemistry already without having never played with a lot of these dudes. And it's, it, it, there's something to be said for the way he operates, and it's just different.
It really is. It's, it's just, just it's just different. There's no nothing I could truly quantify that difference with. Uh, all I can say is it's just different. And I think you're going to get a really, really extra motivated ver version of him. And I will also say that the discipline that he brings for himself personally is probably going to run off and rub off on that entire organization. And that's going to matter. And I think that's, that's a really important thing to look at when you're talking about him coming into this year. So I will say, I also think it's one of the safer options. Yeah, I agree we'll, with that. We'll get, into, we'll get into Russell Wilson and some of these guys I have a little bit higher in the NFC, but like, I think it's one of your safer options. To have I agree with that. Really solid production all year. What do you think of that, Jamie? I mean, I, I look at these, this list and I think there's other, there's probably better fantasy, you know, guys, but I don't know that there's safer guys for the value of where you're going to get him. Yeah. And, and if you look at where I have, I called them tier four guys. Um, and we'll get into some of them now because they're actually surprisingly all NFC players. Um, so I don't want to give too many away, but Tom Brady's at the top of tier four, which was kind of where I said, this is where I'm going to get my quarterback. This is where I'm going to take a quarterback in my draft. I'm not going to pay up at the, for the very top, even if they're on some levels are worth it to a certain extent. There's just so many good, and these are the good veteran quarterbacks that are in good offenses or in good situations that continue to produce year after year. And I agree. I mean, I, the only, I can't find a flaw aside from if he happens to get hurt, but there's no reason to believe that Tom Brady has any more injury risk. In fact, it's probably significantly less injury risk than the average quarterback, given his tendency and given his career arc. So I don't really find a flaw. Look, is he going to put up Patrick Mahomes numbers? No. But you're not paying a Patrick Mahomes price to get him. No, that's and exactly I think that's right. the biggest thing. Uh, and I, th I like that you bring that up, Jamie, because that next tier, right, of all four of those guys, he's also the least injury risk uh, of all yeah. four of these guys. Uh, because the we'll get into – we'll go through them um, here. But all of them have had injuries. Two of them were injured this past season. Uh, so the, the – and are in the division, right? So we're looking at Drew Brees coming in at number nine for Jamie – right behind Tom Brady. Listen, Drew is always, <laughs> is, was, always will put up numbers in any offense, especially when it's the Saints offense that he's been there for a while, but there has been a regression. It started last year. Jamie, uh, are you at all concerned or does this number reflect kind of a regression from where we've seen him in the past anyways? Yeah. I'm not as concerned at this ranking where he's just kind of in this, this tier right at the end of QB one range. Yep. Um, because I know he missed a handful of games last year, but it's been remarkably healthy since that shoulder injury in San Diego, all those years ago. So I don't want to immediately say, Oh, okay, well you're not, we're now projecting 12 or 13 games a season from here on out. He has more risk than Tom Brady, for example, he has more risk than a few of these guys, but I also think he's got a ton of upside uh, and he's going to put up a ton of numbers. They're going to pass. Uh, I think the, and we'll talk about this on a running back show, but I think some of the positive touchdown regression from guys like Alvin Kamara, for example, in the receiving game are going to help Breeze's numbers. Sanders being there is going to help his numbers. Uh, I, the, the, uh, the chemistry developed with Jared Cook. So I think he's going to put up a pretty solid season. I, I don't have him projected to have quite as many points as Tom Brady, uh, but it's going to be fairly close when it's all said and done. So I, I like him here. He limits the turnovers. You know, you're not going to get anything in the rushing game, but he's just going to be pretty solid. But um, I think as we talked about, he is one of the players that even though I've never been a draft a second quarterback guy, uh, if you take somebody in the top 10, he is definitely, I think you have to take a second quarterback somewhere, just given all of the extra concerns surrounding football this year. And I think it should be one of these safer options. And I agree with you, Jamie. I think, I think he is. I mean, the, the, the thumb thing last year was total fluke. 
Uh, and then, you know, the shoulder is, is what it was. It was, you know, damn near 20 years ago at this point. Another guy that just takes phenomenal care of himself. Uh, so I had Brady at four in the NFC, seven overall. I've got Breeze at seven in the NFC and 11 overall. Okay. Uh, so, so pretty close. I, I think the numbers are really close. I think their people are going to defend them differently than they have in the past. I think they're going to make Michael Thomas beat man-to-man stuff with maybe some help going that way. Uh, and I think they're going to make him make some of these tougher throws where people saw the limited arm strength down the stretch when he came back from that. How much of that was a thumb? I don't think much. I think, I think there's definitely some arm strength that's an issue. I think people are going to defend them a little bit differently. I think his numbers will reflect that. Where I think he makes up for it is the chemistry with Jared Cook, if he could hit some of that stuff on a man-to-man thing, and some of these dump downs to Kamara. Because I agree with that. I think Kamara has a big year. And I think some of that is just a little dink and dunk, but he catches it so well out of the backfield, you get him in space, Drew Brees gets credit for that. So I think that's where he makes up uh, some of it. So I don't have him too far off where you've got him. But I and- think it's a, another really good safe option for a guy – Minus last year, a fluke, like I said, a fluke play uh, who plays all the time and takes phenomenal care of himself and plays through anything. Yeah, no, it's, you're not talking about – you're talking about two guys who, who who are as reliable as they come, really. By the so, way, he came back a week early last year. You're supposed yeah. to miss six games. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. like, dude, Teddy's 5-0. and oh, Why are you coming back? And he's like, I'm yeah, Teddy. Because Teddy's 5-0. and oh. Yeah, because Teddy's 5-0. Because this, is, oh, this is my team. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm – yeah. Yeah, because I don't want anybody to forget that this is my team. Uh, next guy on this list here, a guy that we're used to seeing up in the top five, and this is why I like the way, Jamie, that you've done this, where these these four guys in a row are guys I, I totally identify as – I'm going to end up with one of these dudes on my team because of the way that they're going to get drafted this year. And the commonality between all four of them really is they're not – Aaron Rodgers is who we're talking about here, and he has a little bit of rushing ability, but not really. None of these four guys are are giving you anything with their feet. The guys that are up at the top are. That's the main difference between the top four and, and these four. But I like all of these four, and I feel really confident going into this football season with any of these guys that we're going to go into. So number 10, Aaron Rodgers, Jamie, uh, how did you get to that ranking? Well, I think the, the hate's probably gone a little bit too far uh, yeah. on Aaron Rodgers. And look, I understand. And this is where we talk about narratives versus reality. Look, the Packers absolutely botched the draft. We, we talked about this completely. Instead of getting adding any weapons, you, you bring in your backup quarterback, a third string running back for this year, and your biggest free agent addition of a pass catcher was Devin Funchess. Like, and, like, <laughs> and, some, and a guy that was great. In, Say it in, again, in, Jamie. In Say the it Canadian again. Football League. <laughs> The Reggie Begleton hype that's going to come this this preseason that we're all going to need to ignore. Uh, but the reality is, is he does – the team around him this year isn't any worse than the team around him last year, and he still put up borderline QB1 numbers. And I, I don't – I hope Adams doesn't miss extra time. If Adams doesn't miss time, Rodgers is going to – his numbers are going to go up. Aaron Jones has emerged as a true threat in the passing game. It's going to help Aaron Rodgers as well. And I don't know if Devin Funches has anything left. But he has more left than what Geronimo Allison gave them last year. I, I, so I don't think there's a big downgrade there. Jimmy Graham didn't give them a ton last year. Jimmy Graham was better for them two years ago than he was last year. So the combination of Sternberger and Lewis, I, I, you're going to get about what you're going to get from him. I don't, I, I'm not predicting a big Sternberger breakout or anything. But maybe you get a step forward from Valdez Scantling. Maybe Alan Lazard actually proves that he can be a, for a full season, that net reliable option for him. Maybe one of these other players step up, but even if it's just the same group from last year, he's still going to give you low-end QB1 numbers, and I have him here at number 10. I, I, don't, I don't see his numbers regressing 
from last year. And he's kind of one of the interesting players that's kind of got this injury label tag next to him that I don't think is really fair. Yes, he, he had those collarbone injuries and he missed extended time in two seasons, but he's missed exactly one other game due to injury for the rest of his career as a starter. So I don't think it's very fair to say he's injury prone. Um, it is a concern because it has happened twice and that offensive line got worse in the off season, but I still think he's going to put up very similar numbers to last year. And I still think he's going to give you low end QB one production on a weekly basis with potential for a little bit more. If Devontae Adams plays 16 games, I've got him right behind breeze eight in the NFC and 11 overall. Uh, my biggest concern is Bakhtiari. He's missing his long time left tackle. It's been there yeah. forever. Uh, I think Funches is probably going to be more solid, well-rounded than Geronimo Allison because Valdez-Scantling can still go deep. They still have somebody to take off the top. Uh, and But this is all, to me, reliant on Devontae Adams playing. But to me, I think they want to run the ball. Yeah, They ran it a lot last year. I think they want to make Aaron Jones more the feature than Aaron Rodgers, which sounds asinine and crazy. But look at their draft. It, it did nothing to help him. I mean, they think that highly of him that he can do this with nobody. But how'd that work out for Tom Brady the last couple of years? I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, they won, but it was, this is a much different setup of the team. I just, there's mm-hmm. not enough there. This is not Aaron Rodgers thing. This is just not enough there between LaFleur, Colin plays the way they, they, they've done it last year and what he has. I'd feel great with him. Well, you're going to draft him. Yeah. Again, what Jamie's talking about, if you are going to draft two and Aaron Rodgers is still around late, I'd feel great about that because there's certain matchups, but they're still going to light people on fire. And I think Aaron Rodgers doesn't care either if he's going to go, okay, we go back to the whole call an audible thing last year. Um, I don't think he cares if he pisses off the coach or the front office or whatever. His contract says he ain't going nowhere. And you know. for now, but they can't move him yet. But I don't no, think but really especially cares. now, like after that draft yeah. and this offseason, yeah. I don't think he's going to worry about their feelings whatsoever. Yeah, no. So if he wants to check to a throw and whatever, I, I think he has the same – kind of range that it may be more than he's than he's ever had but uh I, I just still i can't get him any higher than that there's gonna be a lot of guys above him that we talk about that just throw it a ton by the way I, their defense is okay it was overrated last year because they started yeah, so early for sure they're still pretty solid that division is still not saying you're gonna go throw it a ton against those guys right i, I just i mean maybe detroit but you can run it down their throat last year which is what they did i don't know i, I just think the combination of those two things at He's end, end, end of QB1 range, which is just – I'm funneling Straight my words because it's a freaking Aaron Rodgers. It makes no sense. I, again, I have to eat some crow in this. I had him as my QB2 going into last year. I yeah. mean, I, I deserve some, I some criticism for that. Yeah. But Everybody yeah, did. It's, Everybody did. We didn't know what we were getting from the floor. If you're if you're yeah. LaFleur and you're going in you got Aaron Rodgers, you're going to sling it. And we Not also had some with Aaron Jones all year. Valdez, Scantling, and Allison coming up because they look better in brief flashes two years ago and then just, I mean, completely nothing burger last year from those guys. Yeah, there was, a, there was a thought that you would at least get some progression from those guys, and both of them regressed. Uh, it was in, it, across the board, obviously, Devonta Adams' injury, and more so what Jake said. They ran the ball a lot. I mean, they went 13-3. and three. It just wasn't a spectacular Aaron Rodgers season, like by, by any stretch of the imagination. They won games. They just were winning games in ways that they had it in the past. And a great I think, point, Paige, because I don't think they go 13-3. and three. I, No. If you're going to make an argument that he maybe is a little higher than this, I think they might have to throw it a little bit more because they were they won a lot of games. You're just like, how'd they win? They just played complimentary football. Like I said, the defense started great, but then they sucked for a while. They ran it. It was a ball control offense that slowed the game down made, or made the game go a little faster, but slowed him down. 
And if you're going to make the argument that he throws it a little bit more, because I think that's more like 10 and six than 13 and three, maybe there's an argument there, but that's a good point. I mean, they just, they won a lot of games last year that they didn't need him to light it up. Yeah, they didn't. And I think he's going to need to be better this year than what we saw last year for them to even be in that kind of hemisphere that they were last year, because I think they just, they had a kind of a fluky 13 and three season. And then you saw them play top tier talent. I I was at that Sunday night football game. They played the San Francisco 49ers and got absolutely demolished. I mean, it was, it looked like you were playing in two different leagues at that point. And, and they did that twice. If you remember, they went to the Chargers. 13 and three is fluky because that's just, but I know, but your schedule set up that way. Yeah, it, just, it was it kind of weird. It, it kind of was. It, it, it was they really strange. They were good. Not That's, great. Yeah. But exactly. nobody, nobody looked at them as a Super Bowl contender at any point last year. I didn't look at that team and go, that team can win the Super Bowl. A 13-3 and three team should be able to say, that's a Super Bowl caliber team. They weren't that team last year. They right. just weren't. They were never that talented. And there's a little part of me to what you guys were saying that – with with the fact that everything that's happened this offseason, that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in FU mode a little bit, and you're going to see him just kind of do what he wants, right? We're going to get a camera yeah. angle where LaFleur is shaking his head because he's not listening to what he's doing, and he's throwing some stupid bomb that he did not want him to do. He wanted him to check down Aaron Jones. He wanted, he wanted him to do something else, and Aaron Rodgers is going to put a ball in a window that he and, and make an unbelievable throw that he wasn't supposed to do, we're all going to go, Oh my God, Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur's going to be shaking his head. The question is if that's thrown to anybody but 17, will it matter? Yeah. Like if you're throwing that to like a CFL all-star and you know, <laughs> it's a good point. Uh, like, like who that, I mean, that's what, again, I, I, I think he'll have a, a good season. He's not going to yeah. have an Aaron Rodgers, no. you know, he's going to the hall of fame. So he's not gonna have an Aaron Rodgers hall of fame season, but he's going to have a good season. Yeah. Um, and, and again, at this point, you're not paying for hall of fame. Prime that's exactly right. Aaron Rodgers stats. That's not what you ask him to pay for anymore. Like he's, he's going sometimes as the QB 12 right now. Yeah. But at that price, Thank you very much. Sign he'll me hit, up. He'll hit that price. Yeah. There's just no way. If he, if he plays 14 games, he'll hit you that price. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. Uh, I'm all in, which is scary to say about Aaron Rodgers for me. Uh, all right. Next up on the list for, for Jamie, he's got Matt Ryan coming in at number 11. Jamie, Matt Ryan's a quarterback. Uh, you've gone back and forth on. I can recall two years ago yeah. being out on, coming back in on last year. Um, with the exception of his injury, right, last season, Matt Ryan's pretty, he's got, he's had consistency, but he's also had these up and down. I remember that up and down trend we talked about uh, going into two years ago. So what are you, this is the bottom of QB one territory when you're talking about number 11. So you feel pretty confident where you have him ranked. Yeah. And this is the end of that tier I talked about. It includes Brady, Breeze, Rogers, and Ryan. And this is where, you know, like I said, this is where likely we'll get a quarterback. Uh, for me, the issue with Matt Ryan was always, in fantasy-wise, was always that he was getting pushed so far up draft boards that, like, there was people – whenever you're paying for a player's peak, usually only bad things can happen just because you don't give yourself any room for, for a wiggle room. And that was kind of happening with Matt Ryan. And, you know, unless you're drafting the best player at the position, uh, you want to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room to get some value. Uh, look, he was, really, he was pretty strong last year, uh, and he was hobbled in the second half of the year. He, he came back, but he was not the same player – uh, for a few weeks after that ankle injury. He doesn't get to play every single game in a dome like he did last year. I think he played, what, two or three games uh, outside last year. He's going to play a couple more this year, in theory, um, depending on how the season goes. But he's going to have a high volume of pass attempts. He's an offense that wants to throw the ball a ton. He's going to throw the ball a ton. I think he's going to be over 600 attempts again this year. 
And with that comes plenty of numbers. He's got two very, very strong receivers. I mean, I don't think Hurst is a small, maybe a small downgrade from Hooper, but I think I really want to see how Hurst performs in this offense. I'm really excited to see. Maybe he can be a big factor. Uh, you know, as long as Gurley's healthy, he's adequate at catching the ball in the backfield. Uh, he'll have those options there. So to me, you're going to get another good, solid Matt Ryan season where he's going to provide you low end to mid end QB one value on any given week. And you look up at the end of the year and he's, you know, hanging around the top 10 quarterbacks. I've got him a little higher than that because their defense sucks. That's uh, so I've got him right behind Tom Brady at five in the NFC and seven overall. Uh, but those numbers also are picks. So I think he's going to throw it a ton. Uh, I mean, Todd Gurley does nothing for me as far as that they're going to change what they do. It's still dirt cutter. They're going to throw it. It all goes through Matt Ryan. Another guy that I – here's what I love about Matt Ryan. We're talking about two quarterbacks. I would love to have Matt Ryan as one of my quarterbacks and play him only when he's at home. Is it, you already said it. Playing outside, playing on the road, he's going to suck. So like, But they're still going to throw it a ton. The numbers are going to be there. Julio last year – was single-handedly at the end of the year keeping them in games. They finished really strong, but the defense was awful. They got a lot better when they went to Raheem Morris' defense coordinator, who has now taken over there. I just put this – how are they going to beat the Bucks and the Saints? It's going to have to be on Matt Ryan if they're mm-hmm. going to do it. Uh, I, I just – I have him a little bit higher than that because while he – even when he was hobbled last year, he still played through all that. There's another guy that takes great care of himself. He's the face of the franchise. He's going to be out there, and they're going to sling it. It all goes through him. So I have him a little higher than some of these other guys. But to me, if you're going to take him any higher than that, it's really in a two-quarterback two situation, just play him at home. Like I've had – you know, and Breeze is very similar the same way because they, they go outside, they go to Carolina, the numbers aren't the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, there, if there's any wind, it breezes outside. But that's why we're talking about – and this is a weird year. We're talking about, like, do we take two quarterbacks this year? Yeah. And, and who are the – who is that second, that second guy? To me, these are perfect second guys. So if they're playing at home – there's going to be situations where they're going to put up big numbers. And I think it's also notable because I brought it up on our show when we went through all the win totals that the Falcons have an absolutely brutal road. I was going to mention that. Glad you brought uh, that up. You know, week two at the Cowboys, uh, you know, week four at Packers. Uh, and then unfortunately, the gimme game at Panthers is a travel game on a Thursday night. So you don't, you're not getting that same sort of benefit that you normally get. Then they have at Saints in November and then the postseason schedule is at the Chargers, home Buccaneers, at the Chiefs. Um, so, I mean, there, there's something to be said, particularly at the Chiefs for volume, you know, when they're down 21 nothing in the first quarter. But <laughs> uh, there's also, you know, I, 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 it's concerning. And there are going to be points this year where you're like, eh, do, you know, late in the season when you have, you know, at Saints, home Raiders, which is fine, but home Saints, at Chargers, home Bucks, at Chiefs. And if you play week 17, at Bucks. That's a real tough stretch coming out of the bye week in week 10 that you're just, you, you might want to play him in two of those games. So, I mean, that's my only, that's my only concern with him. Like you're going to look up at the end of the year and yes, he should be able to take advantage of some of the, and some of the other defenses, but he's got a pretty tough schedule, even at home. You know, you go Seahawks at home in week one, you got bears, which isn't as tough, but bears at home in week three, uh, you know, Broncos at home before the bye week. So he's very much going to be, a matchup play to a certain extent, but his volume is and skill is always going to keep him in it. That's why he, I can't put him into my top 10, but I think when we look up when it's all said and done, he's going to be right around that QB 10 to 13 range at the end of the year. I just, I think his upside is a little bit more limited this year than in years past. Because I might have him a little bit too high. I think really a lot of it is Julio Jones dependent on being healthy. They they need a healthy Julio Jones for 16 weeks for him to hit anywhere close to where I'm putting him. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's one other reason and that's Matty ice. He's going to fight you 
whether they're losing by 40 or they're losing by three until the last second off the clock. And in fantasy, you get a lot of garbage points that way. Yes, you do. When we talk about Matthew Stafford, same thing. You're going to get a bunch of garbage points. I was killing somebody a couple years ago. I'm beating them by like 30. And Matt Stafford, <laughs> they're losing by like 40 at halftime. And he ends up throwing for 500 yards and five touchdowns. And I lose the game because he put up like 50 points. Not that that's going to happen every week, but Matty Ice is going to fight you to the end. He has that nickname for a reason. There's a lot of garbage points in there that I think, I think if you have him, you're going to take advantage of. Oh, Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford are nightmare fuel if you're a big later late in a in a fourth quarter. Because I don't know how we I don't know how we quantify that, Jamie. You but can't. Like, to me, that's like in my head when I look at it, those two guys. There's a bunch of carb garbage points that you just got to like. Okay, this defense sucks. They're going to be coming from behind, and they have to go through him to do that. It could be a disaster. You could throw four or five picks, but he didn't do that very often. Him, him more than Stafford, I look at this year because of that division, right? Because I, I look at them with the Bucks and the Saints, and I go, they're not keeping up with those teams. So it's, it, those two teams are going to be up on them and up on them big, I think. And he's going to keep fighting them till the end, and he's going to throw yeah. potentially some garbage time touchdowns. But that's, like, like Jake said, it's hard to, to quantify what that looks right. like and, and how, how many points. And I'm glad Jamie brought up the schedule because that's one of the things about Matt Ryan going into this year. Brutal. I'm definitely concerned about, um, especially those road games where he already struggled. Luckily, none of them are that bad of a weather and his arm strength is still pretty good. I mean, you could get Kansas City late, will be bad. But, uh, yeah, but those are all really good defenses, which yeah. trumps weather any day. Yeah. yeah, his schedule was very favorable last year. Just it's not this year. Like last yeah. year was a big selling point for me. Was the he only played two games in the fantasy season outdoors? Yeah, and that's which why is he nuts. was my QB on so many teams. Like sign me up for that. Yeah. But the, this year's not not quite as lucky. Again, still gonna be really good, but it's just I I don't think he's got the top five or top six QB upside overall that he's maybe had in years past. All right, number thirteen on Jamie's list. I'm excited to hear where Jake has because. Uh, Jake is a big, he's like a pseudo Carson Wentz fan, right? Like he drives the bus for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. That was his last year thing, but he also drives the bus for him an individual standpoint of Carson Wentz. So Jamie, you got Carson Wentz coming in at number 13. Uh, I think a lot of people are obviously, I could see him being one of those guys that's kind of all over the map coming into this season, as far as fantasy rankings go. Cause I think people are, Obviously, the injury concern we know, but we saw what he did last year down the stretch with a whole lot of nobodies, and there's a lot more weapons there this year, um, but their defense sucks, and there's, there's a lot of factors here. Uh, so number 13, defend your ranking, and then I'll get into Jake's ranking. So I project him to play 14 games. So if you think you're going to get 16 games out of wins, obviously you're going to push him up the board a little bit more. Um, look, when, you, when he plays, he's going to give you more often than not QB1 value. Uh, and he's a perfect player that I want to have be my second QB to pair with one of the guys we just talked about, like bring in a, you know, play the matchups with, let's say a Ryan and a Carson Wentz or an Aaron Rodgers and a Carson Wentz, or I know we'll talk about him or go or double up, even though it's some risk. And we'll talk about him on our show later this week, but a Roethlisberger and a Carson Wentz. I love that kind of combo uh, because uh, I'm a big Wentz fan. I'm just, I think his injury risk is obviously more significant than the guys we just talked about. Uh, I also think that his offense isn't quite as good as the guys that we just talked about, but he's going to swing it. He's a uber talented, despite what all of this, this, this chasm in the, the Philadelphia sports fan community, I still don't understand that still has all this Nick Foles love to this day. And I get it. I get what the run that he had, but you can appreciate having a good run and knowing, knowing that 
you know, you're not, you're not putting Jeff Hostetler in the hall of fame. Let's make uh, a trade Philly. I'll give you full. It's just like, I, I, yeah, I said like, yeah, make the trade right now. Um, I did, the only thing that really holds him down here, because if you took, took his numbers that I have, which you'll, which you'll be able to see next week, I'm projecting them out over 16 games. He's right in that conversation with the tier we just talked about. So to me, it's just a difference of there's a little bit more injury risk. There's a little bit more chance you're going to have to replace him. Um, and, it, you know, if he, he comes in at 13 for me, if he's your QB1, just make sure you have another option that you can rely on. But I, I have nothing bad to say about Carson Wentz. I just uh, – I think he's going to be put up a, a pretty decent amount this year, and I think he's going to be hanging around that QB1 range. And if you get a 16-game season out of him, he's the one guy that's ranked outside of the top 12 um, right now. I guess yeah, I guess the two guys that are ranked outside of that top 11 we just talked about, and Rosberger being one of them as well, if you get 16 games out of him, those guys can pop top six QB numbers. I just don't know if I want to bet on the health right now. That's a great way to put it, Jamie, because I got him at five. Woo! I'm, I bet last year, and I kind of got bit in the ass a little bit. I agree with you wholeheartedly that you better have a Drew Brees, a Matt Ryan, Roethlisberger, some of these guys you're going to get in that tier late. Uh, but look what he did down the stretch, as Paige said, with nobodies. They don't run the ball in Philly. I expect the, run, the, the running back situation to be a little bit better, but Miles Sanders catches it great out of the backfield. This is 100% going through him. He's still going to play with reckless abandon, so you're still going to have that injury risk, and that's the only reason that scares me a little bit. But these numbers, this is the one like, I'm going to look at the numbers and say, okay, you got him similar to a couple other guys, but he's better. And if he's at that, those passing attempts, I, I just see him having bigger numbers. That He will run it enough. Uh, he's going to turn it over a little bit, but I don't know. I, I, I am just huge on the talent, and you now have speed everywhere. So if you like Rager, Deshaun Jackson, you added Marquise Goodwin, you still have Ertz. Uh, hopefully you still have Dallas Goddard. Um, should be fine. Lane Johnson healthy. It all goes through him, but it's 100% health dependent. So I am going in 100% on the health, and I've got him at five, which I think he's damn capable of doing. You're just talking about an uber-talented guy. I can't put him any lower than that based off his freaking talent. I knew this was going to be a discrepancy here. I'm ex- I'm I think so he's happy. in the MVP race again. He could be. I think he has better weapons than he did that year. Uh, listen, By I – By the way, he still has Alshon Jeffrey on that team. Yep. Like, they almost have too many guys that they can afford some of the injuries they had last year. But you look what he did down the stretch with Greg Ward, who was a quarterback the year before, yeah. <laughs> as his number one receiver other than Wentz or other than Ertz. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I love what they have offensively. And if their defense does suck, it tells me that they're, that he, they all still goes through him. He, they're going to throw it even more. So I, think, I, I just, I don't think there's any running. I think they're going to be a shotgun a ton and it all goes through him and I'm all in on it again, but I would definitely have another one of those guys late because I think a lot of those guys we just talked about are going to be in that tier that you could grab again later on. And I'd rather have one of them on my bench. And the more we talk about this, the more I'm convinced you need to this year. Um, especially if you go with a guy like this. Yeah, the the good thing for you, Jake, is if you're going to take – if you think he's going to be – and this our listeners, if you, if you agree with Jake and you think the upside is there for him to be at five, you're going to be able to draft him at high value because he's not going to get drafted in the top five. And, and no. a, unless you're in a Philadelphia Eagles uh, – unless you're in Philly. Uh, and even then, you might still not be Maybe getting not, drafted. Maybe not. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> – might be drafting full so if you agree with jake this is one of those things where you might have an opportunity to grab your quarterback at a really high value he's also a player in early drafts that i've seen fall a lot uh, I, i've seen him go 
even sometimes outside the top 15. Uh, where he seems to be a player that people are, are avoiding. So there's, there's a ton of value there. And on that Philly point, there was a poll going around the other day that Nick Foles was winning. It was like Nick Foles or Donovan McNabb, better Eagles, uh, better quarterback. So that, so that tells you where you are on, on, on that train there. But uh, look, Let me I, ask I, you this. <laughs> if you had to pick between Apollo and Rocky, which one are you taking? Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, like, this based is off just, talent. It's, yeah. It's, 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 this is the dumbest. By the way, I might trade Khalil time. Mack for – Carson Wentz, if I'm the Bears. Oh, I would do that I, in a heartbeat. I'm that in on uh, 100%. The Bears might win the Super Bowl if Carson Wentz is their quarterback. One, 100%. Like, yeah. I, as much as I love defense and I love Khalil Mack, I wouldn't, How could you e- not? I wouldn't yes. even blink before going, yep, sign me up. I'm in. Are you kidding me? He's instantaneously the most talented quarterback the Bears have ever had, period, end of story. In the history of the Bears – one of the longest franchises in all of football. I mean, that's why Philly fans just. That's I why just, you're Philly fans. I just can't. But, I mean, there, I there's kind of my hot take of the NFC is I just. I like I this one. How, I don't know how, especially what Jamie's talking about, outside the top 15, if you get him as the second quarterback you took. Oh, yeah. Because you took uh, Tom Brady in the ninth or 10th round or Ben Roethlisberger in the 10th and Carson Wentz is still there in the 12th or 13th for some crazy draft. Like, I was going to say, sign me up for that combo right there where I have Wentz and Ryan or Wentz and Rodgers or Wentz and Britt. Any, any combo of those two where I'm getting those guys in later rounds where I, I feel like I'm going to have two quarterbacks on most teams going into the season, then I, and I usually don't do that. But if I can get them all m- mid to late rounds, those are, that's phenomenal value. Yeah. For Wentz has been my risky, QB. Right? If you take one of these safe guys – like Brady with a high upside. The yeah. numbers are going to be there every week. And you have Carson Wentz as well. I, I just, I mean, I think there's a point where you're like, God, which one do I, which one do I play? Cause Carson Wentz is lighting it up. If all those guys stay healthy and that offensive line stays healthy. And I think their defense is going to be better than it was last year. By the way, this division's not world beating yet. I mean, if the Redskins defense should be really good. The Cowboys, if they stay healthy are okay. But you look what he did down the stretch last year, guys. I mean, the guy is a freaking superstar. It's a hundred percent health dependent, in my opinion. No, yeah, and it, the Cowboys it, still it have is. some secondary issues. They don't have Jamal yeah. Adams yet, so they still have some some issues. Nor can nor they, nor they can they afford him, so it ain't happening. Yeah, it's, keep keep on dreaming, there, Cowboys fans. You got to pay your quarterback. Jeez, like, also, I don't think the Jets are just the just non fancies. I don't think the Jets are trading Adams no, anytime soon. That's there's well crazy. Well, yeah, that would be. That I'm would dropping be their win total if they do. Yeah, that's for sure. He's a, he's a stud, absolutely. All right, I want to stay in this division and hop to the top of your rankings here, Jamie, because you have Dak Prescott really high, and I'm I'm really interested to talk about this and see where Jake has him. So you have him coming in at number three overall, Dak Prescott. Uh, obviously, new new regime for the first time in a long time Mike McCarthy out there running that offense um they've got weapons they signed Amari Cooper long term we've seen what Dak did last year um didn't always equate to obviously regular wins but from a fantasy perspective he's kind of been one of those guys I even remember us talking about this last year Jamie where he ended up being a guy you could draft and he and he was always up in the conversation for, yeah. for, for a couple, even top five. So you have him three. Uh, where is he getting drafted right now? Like where's his ADP? QB three. That seems okay. to kind of be where the, the, everybody is on him at the moment. Part of it is volume. And that's where the, this, this is going to talk about a 
per throw production versus what you're going to need in fantasy. Because, you know, a couple guys that I have behind him, uh, you know, look, the, the few guys I have behind him, I have him projected to have 50, 60, in one case, 72 more attempts over the course of a season uh, than them. So at, at that point, you know, you're, you're going to put up some good numbers. Yes, the office still runs through Zeke, but they're still going to throw the ball a ton in, in Dallas. And they're going to throw the ball to Zeke a ton. Um, I just, he's got plenty of weapons to work with. Cooper's going to be healthier than he was down the stretch. Michael Gallup really showed up last year and he's not going any, he's not going away. I, I'm pretty um, tempered expectations for CD lamb in year one. I don't think he's going to play a huge role. There might be some games where he plays in big spots, but uh, I'm not expecting a, a massive season from him because they already have two really strong uh, wide receivers. Uh, I think Blake Jarwin's going to step right in and be pretty, pretty solid. Uh, in as the top, top top tight end there so he's got plenty of weapons he's got the motivation he's going to have the pass attempts and when you put all of that together you're going to get another pretty high volume season I think he's going to be a guy that's flirting with um, you know when you see my projections uh, next week on the site those are all for 16 game or for 16 full games so you're going to have to adjust depending on how your league plays if you don't play in week 17 but um, I think he's going to be flirting with 300 points uh, it, it, over uh, through week 16. I got him right there I got him at four uh, I got him at two in the NFC and four overall. Uh, there's a couple of reasons why I would not, if they hadn't drafted CD lamb, I wouldn't have him there. Cause I think this offense was going to change with Mike McCarthy, but they kept Kellen Moore who threw it a ton last year mm-hmm. in his first year as offense coordinator, almost at, at a detriment for a long time. He led the NFL in passing ended up finishing second. Um, and I think CD lamb, might end up playing in the slot, which is could be crazy and scary or Amari Cooper moves in there. They put him in motion. He plays in the slot. All of that, I think, helps. I do think they run it more, uh, but I'm worried about this defense secondary-wise. I've said a bunch of times now, if they have injuries at linebacker, they're going to be in some shootouts because this defense cannot hold up, depending because they have so many question marks at pass rush. All of that says he's going to throw it a ton, and he's still going to run it. He's going to run in some touchdowns, which are going to help you tremendously. Uh, And the biggest reason, he signed his tenure, but he ain't got the long-term deal. He's got to mm-hmm. put up numbers again. He's got to exactly be the guy. Exactly right. Got to be QB one in Dallas. Give me some of this. I, I've got him. <laughs> I, I, I got him right there with you, Jamie. I, I agree. I, I didn't want to, and I remembered the conversations we've had the last couple of years. You're like, doesn't make any sense, but he keeps finishing on seven or eight, and you, he's mm-hmm. drafted at fourteen or fifteen. Uh, he's there now, and I don't know that it should go through him, but I still think it's going to do that more than Zeke, even though they gave Zeke all that money. Yep, it's why I never understood why you got to pick one. And I think they're they're in this battle where they they technically chose Zeke, but they're still going to go with Dak. And it, it's it's one of those things that I – when they drafted CeeDee Lamb, I was like, well, apparently it doesn't run through Zeke because you just you just took that, that, that draft position and you drafted another wide receiver if you just paid a wide receiver $100 million. So I think they're, they're overall how they view things. I think there's – it's – God, Jerry changes his mind left and right and does what Jerry wants. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year for Dak Prescott, and I think he has a little bit of that fu that I talked about there in Rogers, where he's going to put he's going to want to show that he's worth all the dollars that that he that he says he is right, and him and his agent. So it's it's going to be a really interesting season for them. The last the last NFC. Uh, quarterback in this division that makes your top 20 Jamie Dwayne Haskins is not in your top 20 the last one that makes the last one that makes your the top 20 is Daniel Jones 
so he comes in at number 19 towards the end here of, of your top 20. Talk about Danny Dimes and what you have him doing coming into this year. So he's, he's a guy that has a sneaky good amount of weapons. And I don't think we talk about all of the weapons that are on, especially when healthy on this Giants offense. Uh, Golden Tate coming back for a full season, not missing the first handful of games, which only were like a couple Daniel Jones starts. But still, uh, him being fully up to speed. Sterling Shepard, we saw Darius Slayton uh, break out last year. Evan Ingram, if he's healthy for however long he's healthy. Oh, and by the way, Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield. He, he's got so many weapons around him. Uh, that he and he, he's gonna get throw the ball a decent amount to these guys. Now he's not putting up, you know. I don't think he's a four thousand yards guy. Uh, I don't think he's a you know a, a thirty touchdown guy or anything like that. And he's gonna turn the ball over a ton. I think I, I have him. I'll give you this little sn- uh, uh, stat sneak peek. I have him down for twenty four turnovers uh, combined between interceptions and fumbles. And I think that's what's gonna really hold him down. But on certain, but he's also gonna have this up and down season that he had last year, where he has these spike games where he gets you thirty fantasy points. And he's going to get you games where he gets you eight or nine. And I think that that up and down is going to even out over the course of a season. He might be a really strong uh, QB2 in a best ball format where he's only going to jump in when he has those massive games. But uh, I, I, I like him, but I also have some concerns about his game overall. And I have some concerns about the turnovers, which are really going to hinder him certain weeks where, I mean, there are going to be weeks where he absolutely just obliterates you with an, an eight-point game and you're just, you're just kind of sitting there like, well, I have no chance. But uh, overall, I think there are going to be certain weeks where you're going to want to throw him out there. Um, he's somebody that can be a decent option in two, as a number two QB in two QB leagues, but very volatile. Uh, that would be my only concern with him. But he's got a lot of weapons around him, and he's got a lot of guys that can throw the ball two, three or four yards down the field that can go 80. Uh, so there, there's a lot of upside there on certain weeks as well. So he's got an upgraded offensive line. Uh, you know, with Thomas in the first round, I think the offensive line plays better. I think Saquon stays healthy. It was not a fluky thing that happened to him last year. And because of that, with the new regime, the new head coach, I know Joe Judge well. They don't want to put it on him. They want to run it. They want to lead the lead attempts and make the game go by faster. And the biggest reason is because their defense still sucks. So while all of that says he should be lower, I've got him at 17 overall because he does have those weapons. The defense does suck. And whether you want it to run it that much with, with, with Saquon, that's great. That's going to last you about a quarter and a half to maybe two and a half before you're down and you got to start throwing it because your defense is not any good. It's upgraded. It's better than it was, but it's still got a long way to go. And I like the weapons. So another guy, I think your fourth quarter, don't look at, you know, if you're, if you're looking at your phone every two seconds to see where he is and he goes from eight points to 16 or 20, I think he's going to get another guy that gets late stuff. He's, I mean, he's a guy I might look at at the right value late. If I end up getting screwed early and some of these quarterbacks go off and some of these drafts get a little weird. Our TDM draft last year was bananas. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I like him. I, I don't like the way it's going to, they're going to want to set it up. And if they are in some games in the first half, running it with Saquon, keeping it close, playing good special teams, all the things Joe Judge wants to do. Joe also wants to limit those turnovers. So I agree with Jamie. I think there are going to be a bunch because they're going to be down. It's all going to be on him. But I don't think there's going to be a lot in the, in the first half. It's going to be a weird dynamic with him. I, I make the case for we like him, but I know what they're going to want to do. And they know to win games, they got to be in games. So they're going to, it's going to go through Saquon and try to, you know, make that game go by faster, ball control, play really good special team, play good defense, and not turn it over. I just don't think they're capable of doing that yet. So I do like the upside. I've got him at 17. 
Let's see. Let's see if he can fix that fumbling problem that he had last year. Uh, big, big gonna issue. Going to gonna have to long term if he's going to be the guy there uh, moving forward. And a lot more athletic than people give credit for. So yeah. some of the fumbles are him yep. trying to make plays. And what we're talking about is him trying to make plays late to get him back in games. I think you're still going to have. I think he's probably better than he was last year. Some of that was getting ridiculous, but there's still <laughs> going to be some for sure. Yeah, so it, it better be better. Uh, otherwise, I have a feeling that there, there's going to be – New York is not forgiving. Joe market. Judge didn't draft him. So if it's not that much better exactly than he was, right. he might not be playing. That's that's the key there, right? And I think there's – got to understand when new coaching staffs come in that weren't a part of the drafting that happened, there's not as much of the loyalty that exists. So let's see what happens with, Dan, with Danny Dimes coming in coming into this season all right i'm jumping up into your top 10 again jamie we're gonna go with the hometown guy here for all of us arizonans that are paying attention and listening to the tdn fantasy podcast mr kyler murray a lot of excitement about kyler murray coming in to last year we we told you to temper your expectations we were a little bit more right than a lot of others um he ended up doing very well last year but it had some people were drafting him up where Mahomes and Lamar Jackson were going and I was going uh sign me out of that this year though a little different right a little different coming into this year because a guy named DeAndre Hopkins is now a part of this offense and this all of a sudden the weapons here uh are much different with that upgrade when you add somebody like that it impacts the overall trajectory of the quarterback so Jamie you have him at number seven uh, talk to the Arizonans here about your about your ranking of Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm in like with Kyler Murray at, at his current <laughs> value. Um, I still think he's going a little too high. Uh, I see him off the board sometimes as high as four or five. No thanks. Uh, I, I understand what people see. I understand, especially with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, what, what the what the idea of the upside is. Um, but I, I think people also have to understand that his rushing his rushing performance from last year is his peak. And he's not going to progress on those totals. So it's going to limit the amount of upside I think people are projecting in his numbers. They're looking at his – they think he's going to throw more and continue to run more. And that's just – that combination is not going to happen. So I like him. Uh, I think he's going to flirt with 4,000 yards. I think he's going to be in that mid-20s for, for touchdowns. But I also don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to expand any of his rushing totals from last year. So I don't see this massive jump into the top three or top four overall that a lot of people are projecting or drafting him as, but I like him. Uh, I think he has, you know, I, I want to bet a little bit on the upside, which is why I have him in this, like I have him and Josh Allen in that like tier slightly above those four veteran quarterbacks we talked about earlier, just because I think I feel that those four veteran quarterbacks are safe with uh, at those numbers that I can almost like lock those numbers into the bank and you're going to get them where I think there's still a chance that if things break the right way, Allen and Murray could be top five guys. But I also think that there's a better chance that they're kind of more like at the end of the season in the range with that same point totals as those veteran guys. So uh, I want to give him a little credit for what upside could be, which is why I have him slightly ahead of Brady and Breeze. But um, I don't think you're going to get a, this jump that I think a lot of people are projecting, even with Hopkins. It's going to help, but I think the way his fantasy, again, difference between real life football and fantasy, some of these numbers are going to shift around a bit. And I think people are being way too optimistic about what his rushing totals are going to look like in year two. I couldn't agree more. I love what you, I, I, I like, I'm in like, I'm, I'm not in love. I mean, I can see where there's some love coming from. Uh, the, the, he missed a lot of wide open targets last year. If you go back and break it down and look, he took a lot of sacks. 
his offensive line played over their heads last year because yes. Krugs is a phenomenal offensive line coach. They're well, but they were also pretty healthy on the offensive line. My biggest thing is DeAndre Hopkins is a superstar. Everybody else is a slot receiver. Christian Kirk should be in the slot, but Larry yes. can only play in the slot. Andy Isabella doesn't really fit because he's only in, like, they're going to do some stuff, but as Cliff Kingsbury's progression as a head coach play caller went on, what'd they do down the stretch? They ran it with Kenyon Drake. Had yep. a lot of success because they spread you out and then they ran it. I don't, my, one of my questions, are, and I like him. I have him at nine. Uh, Jamie's got him at seven. I like him. It scares me because I don't know what we're getting. Are they going to go back to zero and have, you know, four receivers and motion Kenyon Drake out of the backfield? Uh, I'm also worried he's still a little bitty guy. And yes, he's quick. And yes, he's fast. And yes, he runs around a lot. Michael Vick got caught, guys. I played with Michael Vick. I, I've been, I'm on record. I've never seen a man that fast in practice. But he still got caught. He sprained an ankle. And then he wasn't the same dude. And this dude ain't the same guy. If you take away the running. 100%. With a little bit of, you know, he's not Russell Wilson. That's around making, he runs. Uh, if you take that away with a little bit of an ankle or something, I just, it scares me. This defense is not any good. And I, I get, you know, I, I keep going back to that. You know, why are you guys talking about defense on a quarterback show? Because it's vitally important to how much you're going to throw. We're talking fantasy, those junk points at the end of the game. I, I have them right there potentially winning eight games. But I just don't know what I'm getting. I don't know what I'm going to see. I don't know what the progression from this offense is going to be. And if you really go back and break him down, he sailed a lot of throws. He missed a lot of wide open guys. He had a lot of interceptions dropped that nobody yeah. points to. If you break the film down. Second most behind Jameis Winston, who had the number one amount of interceptions dropped. There were a and lot. Caught. There were a couple pick sixes. Where he, just, he just blew the read. And I think you're still going to see some of that. And I think some of those are bad picks in year two, which you see a lot of times with quarterbacks. When quarterbacks play the year one, there can be a little bit more of that gunslinging whatever. And if it goes your way, great. In year two, you think a little more. Your reading coverage is a little more. There's a little pre-snap, a little more pre-snap going on. The coaches are taking, you know, the handcuffs off a little bit, so to speak, and it's a little bit more on you. I think there's going to be some mistakes in that. I don't know that they stay as healthy. And while they have weapons, they all really play the same position. Yeah. So I don't know where you're going to move them around other than Hopkins, which is a phenomenal addition. How could you not love that? Uh, that it's all on him. I do think he throws more than 4,000 yards, but so I'm in like, not love. I just don't know what I'm getting. It scares me. Like, to me, this one has risk. It's going to be up there, but talking about him in the MVP category? No, no. no. I think the, the, risk, the risk here is the big point that you brought up, Jake. That offensive line stayed healthy and played over their heads last year. It's the number one reason why I truly believe the Cardinals are going to regret not taking one of those top offensive linemen at their pick and going with Isaiah Simmons, who I like who's a great player and is probably going to impact that defense tremendously, hopefully if they let him play how he should. But it, it, that's what I'm going to go back to with this because Kyler Murray is a small quarterback who runs and they need to protect him. And although adding DeAndre Hopkins is obviously, obviously a huge addition that we've talked about um, tremendously, that doesn't matter if the offensive line is not doing playing well and play and being healthy and protecting them because he's not going to have time to get to DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that's one of the things I'm concerned about because there's a reason it's called the sophomore slump, right? We talk about this on the show regularly when defensive coordinators have more time to watch the film and prepare for these guys the second, third, fourth time around this upcoming year 
it'll be interesting to see what Kyler can do, right? I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like. And I know he plays in an exceptionally tough division to begin with. Okay. There's really, really good. There's really good teams in that division. So I only one really good defense though. One really good defense, but I just, overall, you're going to, I just look at him and I, and I see, I see why everybody's in love with him tradition, especially here in this market. Cause we hear about it a lot. I just don't see him with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, which is where I've seen him no. talked about with other places. No. And I, I, if I don't you think do that. You're, you're, you're killing your lead. You're way too much risk. Yeah. Not when you, not where you can take those other guys. Jamie's talking about all, every one of those guys in Jamie's tier four are safe. Jamie described it perfectly. Yes. I, you can almost lock those numbers in and Jamie's numbers are probably low for what some of those guys are going to hit in there. But if you lock those in the way he has it now, you got a chance to win your league. All those guys are probably playing 16 games. They're all extremely smart. It's all going through them. They all limit turnovers. Just, this, this has risk to me. I mean, if you're going to defend them, are you playing man, you play in zone. If you play man and you double team Hopkins, they're going to struggle. I think you're going to have to run it. And I don't, I think Paige, I love to use my, my favorite argument of all time. Um, but I don't know what these defense coordinators are studying because I don't know that they know what they're going to get. The yeah. reason I have questions is I don't know what, I don't know what we're going to see. Is Cliff Kingsbury that much of a genius? We're going to see. Like, I, I'm so excited to see what we're going to get. I just it, don't know what that is. Call me, call me a skeptic, but I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a genius. I saw enough. I, I, I think, I think we, we saw, I think we, I think he can do enough, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be in the boat with quarterbacks where I've seen what I want to see versus you're talking about hypothetical situations because the guys that are above him, I've seen that. I haven't seen Kyler Murray be a one, two, three guy. I've seen Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson and all these guys. I've seen it consistently. I haven't seen that from Kyler Murray. So you're talking about hypothetical versus reality. Right. It's true. That's my my biggest question here is what we're going to see. And I will say, I think Cliff is a passing game innovator who's damn good. But when you throw in Sean Coogler as a basically a run game coordinator and one of the best offensive line coaches in the game, I give him a little bit of a bump because I know that he leaned on Coogs last year, especially down the stretch. And now you've got an off season with them having chemistry. You're them working together and a little bit more collaboration than him just coming in with his ideas last year of offensive line splits and stuff that's not going to work in the NFL. I just don't know what we're going to get. But to that point, don't you equate that if Coogs is playing more of a part and they are relying on him, that they're going to run the ball more, that you're not going to see potentially more of what you saw from what I would, what I would assume was more cliff at the beginning and then the, yes, less cliff exactly. towards the second half of the season. Right. Probably. And in that situation, it goes back to what I said, taking the training wheels off the quarterback, checking to a run in the right situation, more pre-snap read stuff, which coming from that college offense of there is any, there's none of that. The quarterback's not even calling the play yeah. and you're in no huddle a lot. I don't know. That, it goes back to, I just don't know. I think the numbers are going to be there. They're going to throw it a ton. I love the talent. The kid flies all over the place. There's an injury risk to me. Uh, and I just don't know. To me, yeah. it's kind of like where I, I'm all in on Carson Wentz and where we're probably going to draft him in the upside. This one's a kind of a stay away. Like I just, I don't know enough. And yeah, I'll probably play him and he might light me up one week, but that's fine. Just, Exactly. Not, I'm, I'm not going to roster Kyler Murray. I'll tell you yeah, that right it, now. It, not without a value. Not with, no, because not he's, not gonna, like going, no. he's not going to. he's not going to have value. He's going to get drafted yeah. because it, he's going to get drafted high. And he's I'm not. His peak. Yep. And he's going to have to have. If he, and again, he could reach it, but there's you're going to have to pay for full. You're going to have to pay beyond full price to get him. 
And, and I, just, I, to, I just, I, with uh, all of the, I mean, look, we're not even through half of the, <laughs> we're not even through a conference yet. Yeah. And we look at all of these names. I just, I can't justify taking unnecessary risks uh, with ADP at quarterback. I just can't. No, no. Especially where you're going to have to draft that guy. Um, all that to say, he's still a top 10 guy for both of you sure. guys. Like, yeah. But there's risk associated. Just uh, always want to have those qualifiers and make sure that those conversations happen, um, especially here in Arizona, where I know a lot of our listeners are Arizona Cardinal fans, and you're probably playing with a lot of Cardinal fans. Don't be the guy in your league who's a homer, right? Take the opportunity to be the person that waits um, and let somebody else in your league overdraft him because that's going to happen a lot. For Be excited. For there's a lot to be excited about. That's there's exactly a lot right. That we're excited about. But be cautious. Like, we're just telling you, don't believe all the hype. There, here's one thing about Arizona media. There's nothing ever negative. You're not getting anything <laughs> yeah, on the sure. other side other than he is the savior of all everything. And I'm talking about Cliff yeah. and Kyler. And that's yeah. how they're selling it, and that's awesome. I'm excited. I think, I think they're on their way to, to doing some awesome things. But there's enough to question here. We're talking about fantasy and value. It, it just scares me. Trust me, I know that there's no negativity here because I got called a hater for saying they should have drafted an offensive lineman. And I was like, man, y'all would die in New York and Chicago if you had to deal with the media there. The media traditionally is like more hateful than positive. So I was like, "Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, You're used to rose-colored glasses here in Arizona. But I think there's still a lot of excitement from a regular football perspective for Kyler Murray coming in this season. All right, inside your top five, a guy who won me Baron Davis's league last year. Uh, got this guy late in our TDN league as well. And he put up numbers, Russell Wilson. Uh, I think I am as much as I, especially when Bruce was here coaching in Arizona and I just loathe the Seahawks, man. I love Russell Wilson. I, this is my version of Carson Wentz, right? Like Jake has Jake's love for Carson Wentz. I got love for Russell Wilson. Cause this guy is just, I, I'm in love with watching him play football. He's phenomenal. Last year was another, he was in the MVP race for a reason. He was like, I think through 22 touchdowns before he, he threw was the MVP through 12 weeks. Yeah, I mean, he was, it, it was yeah. just, he's, he's an unbelievable, he's an unbelievable athlete. And we've talked about how terrible they've drafted and really how bad that roster is and how it doesn't matter because he's literally proof for roster proof because he's that talented, Jamie. Yeah, and honestly, the only thing that holds him back is is just the lack of attempts compared to the other top quarterbacks. Uh, on a per attempt basis, there are only two quarterbacks that are going to be more productive than him from a fantasy basis, and I'm pretty sure you can probably guess who those two quarterbacks are. We're not <laughs> talking about them today. Uh, two quarterbacks in the AFC. I'm sure you can kind of you know do some mathematics there and figure out who I'm talking about, but that's really the only thing that limits him. Like he had 516 attempts last year. I kind of think that's where this peak is at this at the moment. That's kind of the offense they've run. He's had a few years below 500. That's really the only concern. I mean, everything else about Russell Wilson is absolutely phenomenal. Jake's talked about how he thinks, uh, and I'm with him, that he has maybe not only the, the best deep ball in the league, but maybe the best deep ball ever in the league. Uh, I mean, he's, he's an elite talent. The entire offense runs through him. Even though they do want to be a run-first offense, they're not – this is not – the Marshawn Lynch days. And I'm not talking about the Marshawn Lynch days from last year. I'm talking about the original Seahawks Marshawn Lynch days. Like they, I like Chris Carson a lot, but he has a fumbling issue and he's hurt. And Rashad Penny is hurt. And I mean, so they're going to lean on Russell Wilson a lot at times, but it's still not going to lead to 550 or 600 pass attempts like you'll see from a lot of these other guys. And I think that's the only thing that holds them back. All that being said, 
he's still my QB4. I mean, he's still incredibly productive with the, with the output that he has. I think he's going to be north of 30 touchdowns again. He's going to flirt with 4,000 yards. And uh, you're going to have to draft him around that this year because everybody's kind of caught up on Russell Wilson for this season. You're going to have to pay reasonable value. You're not going to have to overpay, but you're going to have to pay full price for Russell Wilson. But uh, to me, there's really, the, again, the only argument against him is just he's not going to throw nearly as much as some of the other guys at the top there. But that's really the only, the only downside I can say with him. I've got him at number one in the NFC and number three overall ahead of Dak Prescott. Let's go. Uh, and it's really – I'm not sure you can quantify anything when we're talking about Russell Wilson. And nope. I don't want to use the word hate. So Paige is where they use the word loathe because he's a phenomenal human being. So to say I hated him when he was in Seattle would uh, not be accurate. Loathe. But I just couldn't stand the little son of a bitch because he was so good. <laughs> that, is all turned, that is all turned into love. I love the player. I love the leader. And the biggest thing you can't quantify with Russell Wilson when you're talking about quarterback play is magic. The son of a bitch has magic. He just makes stuff happen that you can't quantify. And he doesn't need as many pass attempts as a lot of guys to have the production. He has more deep balls than anybody else. Makes more stuff happen. He will run around. And his rushing numbers will be a little weird because you don't look like he rushed at all and he'll have 40 yards at the end of the game because he had one for 25 and a couple little ones where he gets out of sacks. Uh, He's just magic, man. I don't want any part of him because you're going to have to draft him that high. But the dude is just – I mean, I, we, I, you just can't say enough good things about it. Their defense sucks. Their offensive line is weak. Uh, they're still going to yeah. be up there in the 8, 9, 10 win range because of him. Yeah. And all of that matter. says it goes through him. <laughs> so while he might not have that, those attempts because they play very complimentary football, Pete Carroll's schemes, uh, it all goes through him. Everything goes – whether they're going to be a run first, whatever, it's still – him and we were talking about the difference between him and Kyler Murray <laughs> I know what I'm getting pre-snap read I know when he mm-hmm. checks to a run there's only seven men in the box or he sees a double team of what they've got called and he checks to the right one Where I'm not sure Kyler Murray's ready to do that yet he's going to throw it more there's going to be more splash whatever game to game but Russell Wilson is the best superstar elite athlete game manager of all time and that's the weirdest combination ever to describe somebody. But I, other than it just the one thing is that magic. So I, I moved him ahead of Dak Prescott just because, man, that like, when I talked about Matty Ice, another dude that you can never count out. And I'm talking yeah. about like you got them beat. I've seen it. We played up with them. You got them beat by 21 with four minutes to go. You ain't comfortable. Nope. Like, until that damn clock goes four zeros and the 12s are quiet, you don't have them beat. Be careful. Yeah. Because of him. Yep. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson love themselves a comeback, man. That team is like just spot them 14 points so that way they can put a chip on their shoulder and have an epic halftime speech and come out and kick your ass because that's what they do. And it doesn't matter. They're set set up for that again. Yeah. If they do throw any more than Jamie's projections, he has to be top five. Yeah. It's he. I'm glad that Jake, you and I have been able to go from where watching him the word I used to use was infuriating because watching him do this BS when the pocket would, when everything broke down and he was outside running around was so aggravating as, as somebody who Especially had a best, with Doug Baldwin. Oh my God. As I, I just invested interest in the Cardinals winning. It was, it's so infuriating. There wasn't another quarterback in the league at the time that we would have those kind of leads or be playing against that you wouldn't feel pretty feel comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. And it wasn't one game we played them. No, it was just, yeah. it came down. You're just like, I don't feel comfortable. So this is, a, I didn't feel comfortable until an hour after the game and I'm in the car <laughs> driving home. Like, 
I, I still felt like he was going to come back somehow. It's that's that's just, how that dude. Can't say enough good things about him. I'm glad that we've gotten from the infuriating stage to now where you can describe it as magic because that's exactly what it is. When you're when you don't have a vested interest in the Seahawks losing, you're watching it and you're going, "What the hell did I just watch?" Now that's we just gave him all way. this praise for football and who he yeah. is as a human being. Everything fantasy wise, I want no part of it. Yeah, no. Well, not, I'd, I'd love to have him, but I want him where I'm taking these other guys who are going to throw it more. I want him where I got him last year, which is yeah. which was like the seventh round and then the ninth round in another league. Like that yeah. was phenomenal, and I was. But happy that's not going to happen to Jamie's point. No. And that's why we all have him where we have him. So like, yeah. while well, we can gush on what he's going to do, and you know what he's going to do, not where you're going to have to take him. It doesn't yeah. fit my my draft strategy of value, value, value. Yeah. Uh, all right. Got three quarterbacks left here in our top 20 in the NFC that I want to get to. Number 16, Mr. Cousins. Jamie, let's talk about, let's talk about Kirk uh, coming off. He got one playoff victory last year, a uh, big one in New Orleans. That was a big dog. Then when got his ass whooped in, in San Francisco, that's okay. He got that, got that off his shoulder. Big win for Minnesota. This is a team that's going to look completely differently. No Stephon Diggs. That defense is half gone from what we've gotten used to in the past. Uh, Dalvin Cook's potentially going to hold out. What is, what is your overall outlook on Kirk Cousins, who obviously, like I just said, there's a lot of changes uh, to this Minnesota team uh, than we've seen in the last couple of years. If I asked you off the top of your head, where do you think Kirk Cousins finished fantasy-wise in total points among QBs the last two years? Just throw out a number. 10. 12. But right around that. 13th each year. And I think he's going to get a little bit of an uptick in attempts this year. Not a, not a lot. I don't think Stephon's going to look incredibly different when it goes to Kubiak versus what it was under Stefanski. But Stefanski really, and, and as we all know, we talked about this as it was happening, really clamped down on the pass attempts in favor of running the football more to the point where Cousins dropped to under 30 attempts a game uh, under Stefanski. So I think he's going to be over that mark a little bit again this year. Uh, and, he, and it's going to help his numbers a little bit. He's a guy that I think is an incredible value right now. And there's kind of a split uh, on the more public league sites. He's going outside the top 20 quarterbacks a lot of times. On the more sharp sites, he's going inside the top 15. So it's kind of an interesting divide. And I'm kind of right on that line there with him at 16. Um, you know, not somebody in a single QB league I want to come out of my draft with as my one and only QB one. Uh, but I think he's somebody that, uh, you're not going to even have to draft most likely. You can probably have him on that waiver wire speed dial as a guy that early season bye weeks or fill-ins on certain matchups. Uh, I think he's going to have a pretty solid season. I, I, I know the loss of Stefan Diggs scares some, but he's been dealing with one of those major receivers missing time for, with Thielen or Diggs for a while now. I think Jefferson's going to be uh, pretty solid in, in the slot this year. Um, I'm interested to see how they use both of their tight ends. So, I think you're going to get a pretty solid player that you look up at the end of the year and he's going to be hanging right around QB 15 in total points. And uh, he's going to have some of his decent weeks, but to me, he's a good steady guy that you want to keep, keep on your eye on the waiver wire or as somebody you can get a tremendous value on as a QB two in a super flex or two QB league where people think he's in the 22nd or 23rd ranked quarterback when I think he's definitely inside the top 18 for me. Um, so that's I, I'm actually kind of excited about him. I think he's going to get back over 500 attempts this year, uh, and it's going it's to matter for fantasy, and that part matters. Um, with, regardless of whether Cook holds out or not, I'm still not fully sure he's going to but miss any time. But even if he does come back and plays all 16 games, which, again, I still think is unlikely given his injury history, I still think Cousins is going to throw a little bit more. So I'm excited to see what he can put up this year. Not a guy, again, not a QB1, 
not somebody I'm going to put in, want to leave my draft with as my starter, but someone I want to keep a very close eye on and really kind of target in two QB leagues. You guys ready for this? Oh boy. Exactly the same across the board. Got him 16. Couldn't agree oh, more. Okay. All right. They are going to want to run the ball. We know Mike Zimmer, but they're going to do it with Thielen outside, which I like him better in the slot, but Justin Jefferson's going to be a mother in the slot immediately. I think he's probably the most ready to play rookie. And I think he's going to have chemistry with cousins and they're going to do it with Irv Smith jr. And Kyle Rudolph in a two tight end set, their play action game is phenomenal. If they can run it like they want to, I think the attempts are still there. The deep threat I don't know that that's there, but I think he played better. I think more the defense, the defense not being as good plays in his benefit for fantasy. The guy I want to keep my eye on for sure. I couldn't agree more with everything that Jamie said. I don't know how you would have him outside your top 20. If you go back last year, there was a six game stretch. He was MVP over oh. Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Yep. Uh, that deep threat worries me some, but I love the fact that they can go two tight ends with those running backs and Dalvin Cook back there by himself and play action off of that and hit a lot. I think Irv Smith Jr. has not necessarily a big fantasy year because he's out there with, with Kyle. But uh, I think he had a very big progression in becoming a star player in the league, and I like what they're going to have to do. Now, if you get up on him, that kind of goes out the window. But that also goes back to him throwing it more. So he's got the plays every week. He's extremely smart. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with Jamie. It's like I want to keep an eye on that, and if I have to have a plug-in – play guy is somebody I would definitely look at. It's funny because so Irv Smith works out at the same gym as me. So I've been watching him work out and seeing what he's doing. And I asked him about Kirk the other day. And he's like, I was like, you know, just chatting about what this new version of things looks like. And obviously they've been having to do stuff on zoom and all, all these, it's just, it's so strange, but he has a lot of faith in, in Kirk and what this offense is going to look like. And more specifically, just from how, how Jake, how you were talking about how the two tight end sets and, and maybe his value isn't as much as, as obviously as Kyle Rudolph, but I saw that dude. Okay. There's this thing called the curve. Look up what the curve is. Okay. It's, if it's, it's an, it's a treadmill that you have to run on your own. Right. So it doesn't go, you have to, you have to pull it to go. I watched him run 21 miles per hour on that curve. So I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with that from a fantasy perspective, but let me just tell you, I watched like it is, it is nearly, I have been running on that thing for a year. Okay. And I'm trying so hard. I've been watch. I watched Odell Beckham Jr. Run 21 miles per hour on a, on a screen when they showed it with their next gen stats. And I was like, I want to run 21 miles per hour. I ran 15. I feel pretty good about it, but I've watched this dude run 21 miles per hour for five seconds straight. And I don't know what I'm going to do with this information, but I'm going to figure out how it's going to impact. There's a reason people value. are in love with OJ Howard and Irv Smith Jr. They are freak human beings. It's the unbelievable. Is off the charts. You saw a little bit more consistency from her than you have from OJ. That's why I was saying we're talking about the Bucks. If they can go with a two tight end set, they can go with a three tight end set. Yeah. <laughs> if OJ, I mean, it, but I just, I, I like it. I mean, I think right where we have him is, is really good. And Jamie said, like, the value there is, it's safe. They're also Amen. always in the right play. He's extremely smart. Their game plans are really solid. And he's the consistent part here. There were three yeah. offense coordinators in three years. He's been the guy. So they're still going to be fine when it comes to that. Just don't play him when he plays the Bears. It's not a homer take. He just literally gets demolished when he plays. Not against that defense. No. Yeah, just don't no, play no. him. He will have he will have less than ten points in all of the in those two games this upcoming year. Uh, let's stay in the NFC North. Let's talk about Mr. Stafford. Uh, what I feel like I've been arguing with Lions fans all summer because 
there's not enough appreciation from them for Matthew Stafford. Another Hell one, no, there's not. Another organization that I said, listen, let's make a trade here, Philly, for Carson Wentz. Let's make a trade here for Matthew Stafford because what a waste of an unbelievable talent in Detroit that they just have not taken advantage. You talk about how hard it is to find a franchise quarterback. He is a franchise quarterback, and they have not taken advantage of his talent over the last few years. All that being said, Jamie, coming into this year, they have a little bit a little bit more excitement, right? A little bit – he obviously coming off the injury that he had last year, but a little bit more excitement for Detroit, a little bit better weapons. Maybe they can finally establish a running game there in Detroit. What is your what is your upside here with Stafford? Because when he's healthy, each and every year he puts up numbers. He's going to be a player that's defined in your personal rankings by which upside you think he has. Do you think? Because if you think what happened over the eight games last year is somewhat replicatable over sixteen games, he's a top ten quarterback, no doubt. Uh, if you think that it's more of a combination of what he did in those eight games last year and the previous few years then he's going to be right in this like borderline QB one range. Whereas a guy that I want to pair with, let's say a Carson Wentz, for example, or pair with uh, a Roethlisberger, all the names that we talked about before that maybe have some injury things that, that have them, but they have the high upside or Matt Ryan, where you might be playing more matchups late in the season. He's a guy I want to pair with them. Um, you know, I have him in a QB 15 right now. Uh, I, I, I don't think he's going to throw 30 touchdowns this year. And the limited rushing is really what holds him back. Because really the only difference, aside, like if you look at my, my projections, the difference between him and Aaron Rodgers at 10 is really just the rushing yards and then like three fantasy points. Like, and it's not that Rodgers runs a lot, just that Stafford doesn't run really at all. Um, so we're really not looking at a huge, huge difference here. Uh, I, I still prefer some of the, the other guys we talked about before, the Wences, the Rodgers, the Breeze, the Bradys of the world a little bit more. Uh, because I just think if he, if he if he puts up numbers more similar to a couple of years ago, he's going to be in the really good, just not great category. But if you think last year he's going to pick up where he left off and put up even ninety percent of what he did in the first half of the season last year, then you're taking him in the top ten. I'm just not I'm just not betting on that because I think that is the absolute best case scenario, uh, and I think it's just more likely he's hanging around um, in the upper teens by, by season's end. So, yeah, so there's an, he's the MVP last year for three weeks. Uh, he's phenomenal. I'm worried about the health. I love the weapons. The defense is god-awful. They're going to throw it a ton. For a while there, he was guaranteed 5,000 yards. And we were talking about Paige wasting talent. We go back to that best versus most talented argument. If you're having the most talented argument about quarterbacks in the NFL right now, it's still top five. The dude can do it all. The back injury scares me. Their team sucks. They want to run it more than they than – they, are going to be able to, but I mean, I said another guy late that I don't know that you're going to have to draft, but another guy I'd love to have on my team. Uh, Jamie, you described that one perfectly. I got him right there with you. I got him at 14. I don't like it. I'd love to have him higher than that. I just. Too many good quarterbacks, man. It's just a little bit. All of this whole show is like, wait, they're like six or seven dudes. I feel great with, and this is one you might not even have to draft. Matt Stafford is in that category. Like that's insane to me. Uh, I would love to see him higher I'd love to rank him higher I, I just don't know what I'm going to get in the back scares me that's why I'm Matt def- Stafford is sneaky mobile when he I lost the weight a couple years ago and he got into this Drew Brees Tom Brady eating organic and he swimmed up a little bit he became not a better athlete but he moved better and he moves better in the pocket and he moves better to throw and he will kill you like that I don't know that that's going to be the same thing with his back yeah he stopped, he stopped I, I don't being- I don't not like him because of it, it just scares me yeah, it's, it's a serious injury. Whenever a uh, back is the scariest thing 
as far as injuries go uh, when you're talking about the, the, the ability to have a small hit that could really, really impact him long-term. Even if it doesn't knock him out. It yeah, throw it's him just off the rest of the off. game where he can't move like I was just talking about, or they got to run it a little bit more. He can't make that one throw that he is a, one of a couple guys that can make. That's the stuff that worries me. But the value of a, of a two, you know, second quarterback later on, that guy, I, I, I still love him. That's why I think we're, we're talking about some of these guys, Stafford, Cousins, later on here. I'm definitely going to have two quarterbacks because I'm looking at past 10 and I'm going, yeah, I don't have to draft anybody up high and I'm going to have two guys that can play matchups. I could play based off of just, just strictly because of everything that's going on with COVID. Um, there's a good opportunity that you're going to be in a pretty good position to draft some of these guys later on and, and not have to, to, I don't want to say waste, but take a pick early on um, to get one of the top five guys. The last guy, on the NFC show here uh, that comes into the top 20 for the NFC is Mr. Goff, Jared Goff, uh, finishing things off here. We obviously know what he's done. He's, he's another guy. We've seen the good. We've seen the really bad. Um, what are we going to see this year, Jamie? Uh, and I know you just wrote a, a, a good piece on Cooper Cup and, and how that could potentially obviously have a huge influence on what Jared Goff does. Because I remember when Cooper Cup got hurt and what that offense looked like when Cooper Cup wasn't there. Um, and it was much different for Jared Goff uh, past that point. Yeah, I think this is one where you have to detach Jared Goff, the football player, and Jared Goff, the fantasy football player. Um, I think his volume is going to be the biggest thing because, quite frankly, his projection surprised me uh, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I put it out there. Um, I also saw that, funny enough, after I did my projection, that Vegas has him as the third, uh, the third most likely odds to throw for the most yards this year. And I have him actually as the number two most yards, uh, passing yards this year. So uh, I think volume is going to help him a lot. I think he's going to put up a lot of numbers. I think he's going to turn the ball over a ton. Uh, which you'll see in my projections as well. Uh, he does tend to fall in the end zone a couple times in the rushing game. So I think that's going to boost him up a little bit. Uh, to me, I think I have him, you know, I have him kind of in that bottom of the same tiers. I have Roethlisberger and Wentz, but obviously he's only in there because he's getting 16 games. The other guys are getting two fewer games. Uh, but uh, he's a guy, again, I like. I think he should be a, a waiver wire speed dial option for you. A guy that's going a little bit undervalued in two quarterback formats. Somebody that's going to be, tough to watch from a fantasy perspective. But when you look up at the end of the game, you're going to get the numbers that you were hoping for all along uh, because he's going to get plenty of volume. I'm interested to see how Sean McVay has schemed things up on what we've talked all off season about. What is the answer to the league adjusting to you last year and adjusting to golf? Uh, what's the bounce back, but he's got plenty of weapons. He's got two tight ends. He can use, he's got woods. He's got cup. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what he could do this year. I'm not optimistic from too optimistic from a real life football perspective that we're going to see some sort of big bounce back because we've got about eight weeks of football that says something that he's good. And a lot of other weeks to say he's not. Uh, but I think from a fantasy perspective, you don't really care. You just want to see what the numbers look like at the end of the day. And I think more often than not, he's going to flirt with QB one range on enough weeks to kind of be in the upper teens for ranking. Yeah, I'd love to have him higher than that. I've got him nine in the NFC and 13 overall, so he's right outside that QB1. I think there's no way he doesn't finish as a QB1 uh, on the year. I'm still worried about his offensive line. We haven't seen him play the same as we did before that phenomenal Monday night game against the Chiefs. It was supposed to be in Mexico City, ended up being in L.A., and they went to the Super Bowl after that. We haven't seen that same guy uh, since his offensive line has not been as good. I love McVay. I think they're going to scheme it up. I think they want to run it more so they can go back to that play action that made him so successful. I like the weapons. The defense is limited. They're going to be a lot of close games, but they're still going to be pass first and it's all going to go through him. 
I go back to what we talked about earlier. I don't know that he's checking to the right thing. He still looks at the, the head coach that's telling him where to check. That's why they call the play in so fast and they do a muddle huddle kind of thing. Um, but I think the volume is going to be there. So I've got him just outside of that. Depending on how a draft goes, I might take him late. If it was like the last round and I've only got one guy, I think there's matchups for sure uh, against the Cardinals and some other, you know, against the Seahawks. You're going to want to play him. But, but it's like, yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I agree with Jamie. Like, I think I'm, I'm getting muddled by the, the football guy that just watches football. I get muddled between the football guy and the fantasy guy of which one I'm getting. And I think that's why I've got him at 13, but I'd like to have him higher than that from the fantasy ranking, but I just can't. Yeah, uh, the just football guy. It's, I'm never going to live that one down. I got my analytics guy and my just football guy. They are never going to let me live it down. Uh, what I do know is that I love talking about quarterbacks, and it was fun to get through these NFC quarterbacks, and we're going to get into the uh, other half, the AFC, later on this week, so be sure to check that out when we get into it. But I want Jamie to give you his final thoughts, and I'm going to suggest to him that he tells you again about everything that's going on on the DraftNetwork.com. Yeah, I mean, those are my final thoughts would be to check out all of the rankings that are going to be going up on the DraftNetwork.com and TDN Premium. I mean, right now you can check out the top 20 quarterbacks, top 20 tight ends uh, for, for free. And then I encourage you to be a TDN Premium member so you can go all the way down to top 35 at both of those positions. You'll be able to go right down to top 80 at wide receivers and running backs later this week. And then next week, all of my stat projections across the board. So uh, for those, I've already got some feedback on social media about where, where's Jimmy Garoppolo, why is Baker Mayfield so low, why is Josh Allen this high, all that other stuff. You can see where my rankings and all my statistical projections are, and kind of then you can tell me how stupid and wrong I am. Um, so I encourage you to go on to, uh, to TDN Premium to see just – it's an amazing presentation of all of these. It's basically creating a whole draft guide for you that's going to be living, breathing, and updated multiple times throughout the offseason. Uh, and uh, I'm just overall just excited to share this information, excited to talk fantasy football. And as we get closer and closer to the July 4th holiday, I kind of, I kind of look at the week after the July 4th holiday is when I really start doing a lot of mock drafts, start kind of seeing uh, what the lay of the land is in fantasy circles. So hopefully uh, everybody's in that kind of same boat and starting to get really prepped and ready uh, for mock season heading into their actual fantasy drafts. Let's go. Mock season. Mock season coming up here for, for all the fantasy football players. Jake, your final thoughts on today's pod. Uh, my first final thought is the NFC is loaded with quarterbacks. Yeah. Like this, this is a heavy NFC roster of quarterbacks we just talked about. And the other thing is we can't guarantee you're going to win your league. But I can guarantee you you're not going to suck. If you do your homework, <laughs> pay attention. If you go draft Patrick Mahomes in the first round and Travis Kelsey in the second. Don't come telling us. Don't, we didn't tell you to do that. We can give you a guide that's going to give you a really solid team. Can we control the outcomes of fluky things or injuries? Or no, but I can tell you you're not going to suck. Do your homework. Pay attention. Listen to stuff. And these numbers Jamie's putting out there are phenomenal. Go get all this information. Uh, this, is, this was eye-opening to me. Of We've talked about this. It's going to be an interesting year, and I think you're definitely going to need some matchups. You're going to need two guys, and value is going to be more important than ever. Uh, but this is, NFC is loaded. Yeah. And, we and these guys, there's a ton of value in what we talked about today, too. The NFC is loaded, and we didn't even talk about the NFC team's quarterback that went to the Super Bowl last year. Like, that's the – like, you're looking at – like, this, this conference has a lot of talent. There's a lot of quarterbacks to be excited about. And I also like the, the new kind of direction that we have where we talked about those veterans that are in the middle – and the guys that are up top are all these young kind of next wave, different quarterbacks. It's just, 
it's a good time to be a football fan, man. There are so many talented players in the league. And, and none it, of them are in Chicago taking snaps. Under and Jamie's fired. Uh, it's amazing. Only All got, these great only, quarterbacks. And didn't, none even, of them are in didn't even get one month in, and he's already got the boot. Uh, but yes, that is true. There are none, and I will still continue to push for Carson Wentz or Matthew Stafford to leave their very unappreciative bad fan bases to come play for mine. Uh, that offer is still on the table. Uh, but my serious final thoughts on, on today's pod is please check out what Jamie did. He's done an unbelievable job. It's, it's really, it's awesome to see the experience and everything that's just come together. And we're going to start interacting with our premium members on our premium Slack channel, which is awesome. Uh, give us the ability to take questions, do, do some more um, interactive features coming up into this football season. So be sure to become a premium member now because uh, we got a lot of stuff coming down the line. So Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? I mean, at Jamie Isaac <coughs> on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You should follow the show at TD and fantasy underscore and be sure to check out everything Jamie put together that we referenced today on the draftnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.